everybody and welcome back to the Warp Lords podcast. My name is Mike Danger Votor. I will be your host and dungeon master this evening. We pick back up on the Fractured World story and uh, before we get into our players this evening I do want to mention we had a bit of a technical difficulty last week. Uh, we did uh, play through and uh, lose the recording for an entire session so this is us kind of uh, not going through the same thing, but going through the same thing, if you catch my drift. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Jared, Mike, Dylan, and Graham. Why don't you guys uh, tell me who you're playing, and uh, then tell me a bit about what happened last week. Hi, I'm Jared. Uh, I'm playing Johnny Lau, also known as the bird guy that does the bird things, and he has the eyeballs that do the detective sense. Uh, yeah, he's uh, even birdier than last time. And uh, my name is Mike, and I play uh, Mr. G, who um, got pummeled by a rock, and uh, now, uh, you know, I build things and stuff, and uh, yeah, that's what I do. I'm Dylan. I am playing a talking cat by the name of Monsieur Boots, who has not one, but two secret identities, because they would never see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) Who was they? You know. They. Do I? Them. I mean, there's I mean, just so many they's and them. You know, the, the people I'm... responsible for the thing. Oh, those guys. Those people with the faces, you mean? Yeah, them. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. The ones gotcha. with the hats. Gotcha. Yeah, you got Easter Bunny and then complicated French boy name. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> One of them just goes around hiding a bunch of eggs and stealing from children. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of stealing uh, stealing from children, uh, Graham, why don't you tell don't me we... a little bit about Dennis? Uh, I'm sorry. He's a politician. <laughs> he steals from everyone. He doesn't pick one class to steal from. Come You're on. right. It's an equal, how, dare, equal opportunity. how dare I segue this conversation back towards what we're here to do? Equal opportunity thief. And besides, I, tr- I don't want to do bad things. Like that. I, I use words to solve my problems, which I finally got to do. I mean, that is true. That's what I did. That is true. Uh, what what else happened last week? I shot a child. <laughs> but I did not shoot the deputy. <laughs> <laughs> that kid had it coming. He was freaking me out. Who comes out of a bush like that? A kid that was in the bushes. So basically, uh, Dennis did use his words to make bees go away after G tried to shoot bees and failed and then they didn't go away well they, they went away after kind of did yeah not from the shooting but from the talking oh no from the yeah, talking they went away from, yeah they left from yeah. the words not the bullets firearms are useless against them apparently it seems like sticks and stones may break my bones words also hurt more yeah stones also <laughs> broke g's bones though he did get hit by a giant boulder you did um, get hit by a boulder that did happen and yeah uh, was pretty rough Turns out after you throw, turns out after you throw firebombs <laughs> at viney things, massive viney things, they like to retaliate and throw things back at you. Yeah, typically um, when things that don't like fire 
get hit with a bunch of it, they're going to get pissed off. They get a little mad, yeah. Yeah, usually that happens. Yeah, they're probably just thinking, man, it's a hot one, like seven inches to the midday sun. <laughs> yep, that's what they're thinking. <laughs> you know, I wasn't thinking that, but now I am, and I have to say, man, that was real smooth. Does anyone else have anything to add before we jump back in? Nah. No, I'm really hoping it. we don't have to record any more sessions like, twice. I'm hoping that's a one-time thing. So when last we met, all of you assessed the damage to your very, very broken ship. You set up a perimeter and a camp. You went with your captain, Rex McMasters, through the woods to go find a town. Were attacked by a bunch of weird alien bees. Uh, met a child with silver hair, and he led you to his house. He's awfully trusting. He's he's awfully trusting. Um, <laughs> That's going to be his downfall. We reconvene with the four of you, your captain Rex McMasters, the handsome former actor, and the boy Silver, who is a a sacred beast trainer. He is leading you all to to uh, Centralia City. It's a town just on the horizon that you can see. You all are on the edge of town. Um, the thick-knit trees that form the wall around um, New Restalia Village. How thick is it? Thick as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the trees blanket the view behind you. You all look down and you see a small descending hill in front of you. Um, there is a pathway to the south of the village that leads uh down to a bridge everybody make me sense checks pass fail i think yeah very bad i passed mr g sees the thing or hears it i had to pull out my dice dice (laughs) i I pulled them out all individually my dies your dies (laughs) (laughs) hey I got a one. Pass. Fantastic. So, everybody but Dennis Stanson kind of gets a view of everything around them. You look to your right, and you see a the thick forest that leads up uh, the side of the mountain. You know this to be the direction in which your uh, ship currently is, and the rest of your crew is waiting. Um, the mountains basically kind of blanket everything else behind you. They're very, very tall, so you almost can't kind of see the peak or almost see the sun um, because they're just super tall and pretty straight behind you. You see a long, winding river uh, that is flowing very fast. There is a waterfall at the head of the river that leads... uh, The waterfall itself is coming down the mountain to your right. It looks like the end of the river leads down into um, a delta that leads into the ocean further down to the south. How high up are we that we can see all these things? Um, it's it's we're on a hill, right? Yeah, you're on a hill. Like you're on it. You're basically at the base of a mountain, and you're then going down a gen- like it's a pretty gently sloping hill, but it's a pretty long hill. So you're pretty high. How up. strong is the current of the river? It looks like it's super fast. So it's got the strength of a coursing river. It, it, yes. God damn it. With all the yes. strength of a great typhoon. <laughs> um, maybe not that strong. 
Is it mysterious, though? I mean, I wouldn't call this river mysterious. <laughs> um, you see people that uh, are fishing on the bridge, so you think that the current probably isn't that fast after it gets away from the waterfall. Silver turns around. He looks super, super excited. All right, guys, once we get to the city, I'm going to introduce you to the professor. He's going to explain a lot more about the world to you guys. You guys have everything you need to head out? I mean, the main thing we're looking for is uh, ship parts. Uh, the, the The reason we're here is because our planet's uh, almost destroyed, or in the process of being destroyed. Wait, uh, what? You didn't tell me that. Oh, oh we, we skipped over that, I guess. Yeah, you uh, kind we, of really <laughs> skipped the whole dying world thing. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of... Uh, trying to uh convey yeah. the sense of urgency here no i yeah I, I i get it you just had to say that earlier i didn't even i didn't realize all right well since we're in a hurry um don't don't look at it at at anybody on the way into town if if you meet eye contact with people they're gonna they're gonna want to fight you and if you guys are truly in a hurry we we don't have that kind of time <laughs> Rex looks at you, Boots. Cat, were you paying attention? Qua? I was staring at presumably a floating dust particle the whole time. Yeah, there's like a couple of like fluffy little dandelions that are floating in front of your face. Cat, don't make eye contact with any of the citizens here, or they will try to fight you. And honestly, I can't have someone on my crew go, go down on the first day. This planet has interesting customs. <laughs> do you guys not fight everybody you meet where you come from no I still usually from eye contact is uh, the start of a conversation but to each their uh, own i suppose okay. i guess our conversations are just uh are are just used with fists huh that's kind of barbaric yeah i mean maybe a bit <laughs> but i my planet's not dying now is it hey you little shit <laughs> Uh, he just kind of like walks. He he's walking down the hill, just away from you, with his back turned as he says it. He's he's very clearly trying to poke fun at you. All your loved ones are dying. Sucks <laughs> <Except> to <laughs> be you. Well, I like him a little bit less now than I did before. <laughs> so you all head down this this rolling hill. Um, the pathway is pretty pretty apparent to you. Um, it's flat earth there's no rocks in it it's it's a brown dirt the grass is a very very um vibrant green um it's very very nice how tall um, is the grass it's very low it's very low to the ground at this ah, point it's good so you all walk down the hill um nothing impedes your way it takes you a bit of time uh to actually walk down the hill just because of how long it it slopes down because once again you were at the base of a mountain um the ground kind of flats out down around the bridge you see that there's a lot of tall grass or on the other side of the bridge and you see that this tall grass is rustling and you hear noises coming from it um you see four people on the bridge who are fishing and then you see another four people who are just uh scattered throughout kind of the grass looking around all of the people who are fishing have their backs turned and they are facing the river uh let me 
That's typically how you want to be fishing. Just fishing one on one for anyone who's. Not I mean, familiar. yeah, like you don't don't do a three 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 sixty no scope when you when that, you go fishing. I don't. That explains that. a lot uh, as to why I, I have trouble fishing. I've seen a movie that differs. Uh, it's called a goofy movie, and uh, I think that that's the perfect cast. The three sixty is very necessary. It I ends mean, with a letter fly. Cast. I mean. <laughs> And let her fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of them begins to reel up a fish. It looks angry and it attacks him. And he has a small white bird with uh, blue stripes on its feathers that begins to peck the fish until it stops. Uh, till it stops moving, and then he boops hmm. it with one of those capture spheres very unceremoniously, and it it just stays in there. I hate those fucking. Birds. That is a. Uh... Very inefficient uh, way way to peck right there. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you're an expert well, pecker. You, That's you, what you are. Do you say that yes. directly towards the bird as you're walking by it? He's <laughs> just kind of speaking out loud. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way to speak, if you ask me. <laughs> that's not true. You hear a an angry, disgruntled scraw uh, from your right side. Tiny little pecker over there. <laughs> uh, this thing just stares at you. Um, do you try to like avert your gaze, or do you look towards this dude? Oh, I'm not super interested. We got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> I just Come at me, bro. I want to casually <laughs> critique the other bird, the bird folk. Yeah, the other bird heard you. And it's, it's a fucking it's a birdie mad. bird world, guys. <laughs> So all of you begin to cross over this uh, this bridge. It's made out of beautiful dark brown wooden planks. Um, there are stone fixtures at the edge and either side of the bridge that go down and support it. Um, and there are statues with capture spheres on the uh, posts of the four corners of the bridge. Uh, Mr. G turns to Silver and uh, asks him, um, uh, Silver, should we be worried about those uh, people in the in the grass over there? They, there seems to be a bunch of them concealed and running a running amok. Yeah, we should. They're they're trainers, just just like me. If you make if you make eye contact, they're gonna want to have a battle with you. So we should we should not make eye contact with them. If we sneak by, we'll we'll probably be fine. Oh, I'm an expert sneaker. Hey, Silva, how good of a trainer are you? I mean. I'm still I'm still pretty new, but I'm I'm getting better every day. I'd say I'm pretty okay. Do you have any aspirations to be <laughs> perhaps a great trainer? I mean, uh, like, I do want like to be nobody the best. Ev- that else is, ever that was. is my my goal. <laughs> that is my cause. <laughs> well, I mean, I am trying. I am trying to 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 emulate. What would you say your your cause someone, is? Like your, your motivation for all this? Real. Are you? Is it to train them? <laughs> train these sacred beasts. Typically, I yeah, I would train them. I mean, do you that's travel the idea. across the land, searching far and wide? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go forward. It's you and me. But yeah, no, guys, really, for for real, I am planning on um, um, um challenging. Silver, uh, would would sunglasses or or goggles or some sort of 
some sort of blocking device. Is it, is it actually eye contact, or is it just if we look in their direction? I'm I'm having trouble grasping the exact parameters that would encourage such a fight. Oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, no. If they start staring at you and they come over and you look at them, if your gaze meets, so like sunglasses uh, don't work. What if I just kill them? Then do we have to fight? I mean. So, so okay. What? Well, I mean, if you I'm kill confused. them, then you fight them anyway. <laughs> so That's what? I, I just want to get this clear. We're on a we're on a planet where everyone just fights each other to the death. Mister G, that's pretty fucked up, right there. That seems very. <laughs> that seems super far. Oh, I thought when you said fight, I assumed it was like some odd thing where you you leave your tribe and then you. You battle with other other individuals to the death. Yeah, but no one fights to kill, dude. No, no, not not to the death. Okay, new plan. I say we just walk through, and if anyone gives us any trouble, we just continue walking. I mean, that's that's fine. I would also like to be on record as saying that I am very concerned that you heard fight and immediately thought killing them was the only thing going on there. <laughs> so I actually have a plan here. I'm going to first turn into my cat form, because I'm smaller and less noticeable. And then I'm going to use Null Presence, mm-hmm. which stops the aura from leaving my body and makes me sort of blend into the scenery so people don't notice me. Yeah, perfect. Basically, you could even walk right up to the tall grass and just walk along the edge of it, more or less, and you'd be fine. And you'd be, like, pretty unnoticeable. So, like, things, he's, like, repelling them that way. Kind of. It's more that he just conceals everything inside of uh, of his body, so he he is able to basically make himself just blend into the background, so no one notices him. So it's not like invisibility, but it's like invisibility. <laughs> you basically turn into the help. Nobody notices you. <laughs> Rex kind of looks over at you, uh, and you just kind of like obscure yourself as you turn into a cat. And he just looks at you. Don't steal anything. Stay close. <laughs> I don't believe we'd be proper sport for these trainers, as they're called. So I, th- we could just explain that we have no beasts and we're not worthy <laughs> to fight them and just move on. If anyone is going to be brought into some sort of fight or battle, it would be Silver here. So maybe if we all walk around him and kind of obscure him... We could just walk into town. Uh, so Rex just walks up next to Silver, and you all just walk across the bridge. Hey, Silver, would you uh, would you mind lending me one of your uh, vacant uh, capture spheres just yes. to uh, look at? I'll, I'll, I promise I'll give it back when you need it. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's fine. Here, he tosses you one. Boom! All right. Uh, while we're walking, I'm going to be studying this thing. Um, you look at it, you're looking at the, um, outside of it and just, it's a very, very complex design. Um, and this, this technology looks more advanced than anything else that you've seen on the planet so far. And the metal that it's made out of definitely looks like uh metal that is stronger than, um, common steel and various metals that you would be used to on your planet. So you cross over the bridge, and you are now kind of in an open plain. Um, You see the gates of the city ahead of you. You are about a mile from it. Um, To your right, you see basically the the 
plane kind of leading down gradually towards the uh, edge of the river. You see a couple of uh, you see a couple of people that are down there fishing as well, and who are kind of uh, just messing around in the water, whether it be swimming or just playing. Um, it hugs the edge of the city. And you see various spots of tall grass. There are four spots of tall grass of various sizes. And then on the left-hand side, it goes straight out as far as your eye can see. And it is a very, very long plane with uh, dark green, tall, tall grass. Um, this grass would be taller than most of you. Uh, definitely the, uh, the five-footers. It's about, about that tall. <laughs> six different you can see six different trainers in the grass now that you're all down here so you have a full number now two of them are fighting each other um you see someone with a giant uh blue bipedal frog it has white hands uh like very very meaty bulky hands and it has like a hypnotic tattooed swirl on its stomach uh it is fighting a red dog that has black stripes and a like regal regal like white neck fur um that dog is is hella not doing good but he is not giving up it's too bad kenny isn't here yeah it is a damn shame Uh, kenny is not here hey silver yeah uh do you ever use those capture spheres to like store things in that aren't those these uh monsters um no, I I can't say that we do. Mr. G, that seems like it might be a good use. Mr. G is way too focused on studying this thing to even hear him, but he's definitely thought of this. <laughs> hey, Rex. Yes, Johnny. Do we have a holding cell in the ship? We have we have a couple of spare rooms that we could convert to a holding cell if need be. Why? Well, if we get one of those things, maybe we could just make it a lot smaller. Put him in the little ball. <laughs> that actually doesn't sound like a terrible idea. Um, Mr. G's like, but... I've thought of all of these things, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be worried about um, how it affects people going inside of it. I don't know if that would work the same way that it does with these these beast things. Ah. Good could point. be considered cruel and unusual, hey, depending Silver. on what happens. Silver, have you ever been inside of one of these balls? <laughs> um, no, no, I, I haven't. It, it, I don't think it works that way. So when, watch, 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 watch. Here, let me, let me, let me show you. Uh, he throws uh, his capture sphere on the ground. The button hits and releases, and you see um, the brown and blue bipedal fox that you saw uh, last session pop out uh and kind of like take full form after a moment it comes out as like a bluish energy that slowly turns into the form of aura the uh bipedal fox dog thing it stands up and then shakes off and the light kind of dissipates and it is its full form so um the these beasts fused with with all of the different elemental energies of the the planet itself when it was formed and when when they were brought to life from the elements themselves so as far as the professor told me these spheres break them down into energy which is how they're able to store inside of it ah so i don't think we could do that to a people what happens if you give something 
to your sacred monster as I hand the thing a cigarette. As we're as we're walking and everyone's having this conversation, uh, G just kind of mutters to himself, uh, well, uh, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> just keeps looking at the uh, at the capture sphere and trying to figure out its secrets. Um, you can roll me another intelligence check as you have now been studying and you have been given information. That's a two out of seven. Uh, you look, you open it up and you look inside of it and you see a bunch of different, like, sent. there's a sensor in the back that it looks like it registers information, um, via some sort of infrared scanner. And there's a couple of different kind of, like, metal plates on the inside of here that have some sort, like, it looks like they light up and they glow. You assume that they have some sort of um, use in the conversion of energy. You don't know what's behind it because you haven't broken this thing apart. But you assume that that all of the stuff that's on the inside of it relates to breaking down its matter and energy, and you assume all the, like, outer metal bits are for reinforcement and for keeping shit inside of it. So yeah, no, anyway, uh, you guys keep walking right along. It looks like a lot of people have um, taken to watching the fight that is happening uh, in the grass to your left. So you guys actually have a straight shot to walk into town unnoticed. But it seems really interesting over there. Everyone else is watching. <laughs> yeah, uh, as as Johnny gets distracted by making a joke, make me a, uh, Jared, make me a willpower check. So, sometimes you gotta know. Fail. <laughs> nine you actually just start without even realizing it here just like the sound of cheering and like commotion coming from the fight and you just instinctively start turning towards and walking towards it (laughs) gotta investigate uh you walk up and you see um everyone is kind of like formed a ring around the two trainers that are fighting they're commanding the beasts to like perform various tricks and maneuvers more or less um (laughs) (laughs) uncool planet uncool (laughs) yeah you see the dog is bleeding in places it looks like so it looks like it has been uh punched by the beefy hands of this giant bipedal frog and this giant bipedal frog looks like like there's a non-issue like it it looks fine um Quickly, you see um, Dog run from one side of this circle to the other, and it headbutts the direct center of the uh, hypnotic tattooed swirl, and it actually pushes the thing back into the crowd, and it goes tumbling back through the grass. Oh, man, um, a critical hit. However, the it, it does look like the Dog took some damage in return for such a reckless attack. And of course. It, uh, it kind of buckles under its own weight after a moment and begins to pant heavily. Um, you see its, uh, you see its trainer. It's a uh, female wearing a black vest with a white shirt underneath and long brown pants. Uh, she has brown hair. Um, it's tied back in a ponytail. She's a human. She runs. She runs over and she starts to uh, feed uh, her dog some food and bandage up its wounds. Um, and it turns around and it like licks her face and like regards her happily. Um, and it it sits down and it looks proud as hell. It's got huh. Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Thanks then you see the you the see the uh, 
middle-aged man run after his toad and he he goes to take care of ah well that was interesting uh wait where'd everyone go (laughs) uh just as you say that you hear people shout all right who's next make me a sense check johnny oh dear uh yes uh two pass yeah you see you see your companions are closing uh closing in on the gate and you also now see that all of the people around here are slowly turning towards you to look around to see who's going to be the next person to fight fly away motherfucker make me an agility check please <laughs> four out of six <laughs> uh you managed to uh pick up wind real quick and you fly back across the plane as quick as you can and you uh you meet back up with your with your party uh and he uh yeah lands back down there this is very strange (laughs) there were six people there so like people were very excited to fight and as soon as someone who wasn't excited to fight showed that they stopped paying attention that would be a pretty fucked up mythical creature fight it's like one of them like tries to do the headbutt and he just pulls out a gun and shoots it (laughs) (laughs) what and all of you walk up up to the gates um you you come up to the black wall that surrounds centralia city um you see a a golden painted wood gate that is up uh, it is up so you can walk straight into town. You see three people standing at the edge of town. Two of them seem to be trying to keep guard, and there is a girl with them who seems to be distracting them. Uh, you see Silver run ahead, and he runs up, and he jumps into the girl's arms and gives her a hug. You all walk up right after. You see a young Tengu girl a young she man um and you see a tall um early 20s girl with pink hair the she is stands about five nine he's wearing brown leather armor with a green shirt underneath he has a uh, green scarf as well over the armor and he has a uh, dark red short hair and green eyes the tengu girl stands about five two she has long black hair that's tied into a ponytail and she has a uh, very long long beak-like nose with purple eyes she's wearing a black cloak the girl you see is wearing black jeans uh and she is wearing a button-up white shirt with a uh, thin black tie she's wearing a pink sort of um sweater or like shawl over her shoulders uh, you see Silver as he's kind of like hugging this girl. Hey, Rose, how's it going? I thought you had to be at work already. Oh, no, no, Silver. I'm just, uh, I- I'm taking an extra second before I head in today. Did you get what the professor was looking for? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I-, I got it. I gotta-, I gotta head right over there. And all of you kind of interrupt this conversation and walk up and see all of these people. Uh, I'll step forward. You are the one that talks. <laughs> the talkie guy. He's the walkie-talkie. Uh, I was going to step forward, um, introduce us all by name. Uh, hello there, Rose. My friends and I ran into... Uh, we ran into Silver in the forest. He was being accosted by some weird bug things. Uh, and then he helped us find our way into town. And then I'll nod to the captain, because he's probably got a more definitive objective in mind. So he yeah, so so Rex steps up, and he kind of pats you on the shoulder. Yes, um... Hello, Rose Company. Um, I'm 
Captain Rex Rex McMasters. Um, what my compatriot Dennis here uh, says is the truth. Silver here is um, escorting us in into this fine town. I suppose you also know where this professor is, correct? And she looks over, and she uh, at this point the guards are also kind of looking over. And Silver sees that there's confusion between your two parties as they look very confused just about your garb and your dress as you all look a bit more futuristic than what they're used to here. Um, Almost alien. And except s- for G. Almost oh, alien. <laughs> yeah, except for the dude wearing He's got shorts. cargo shorts. He's got so many pockets. He's got so oh much my God. room Imagine for cargo, how many balls guys. he could fit in those pockets. That's probably what they're thinking. Like, oh my god, we could finally get rid of the belts. They're actually called ball oh collectors. God, they're, they're not, yeah, not ball, ball fondlers. Episode three. They're actually they're ball sacks because they're sacks on the side of your wow. of your ah, pants. It's a sack that, that you, you put can your fill balls with in. balls. How many do you think yeah, you could fit yeah. per per pocket? At least two. So like two balls per sack. <laughs> that seems like a good number. I don't think we should do this more is horrible. than that. This is the worst. Um, I don't know. I think you can get away with three. I mean, hey, some people get away with one, but teach their own. We're spending so much time on this. It's fantastic. This, <laughs> this is, is good. terrible. <laughs> yeah. This is just... <laughs> cool. So, um, Silver sees the, the kind of just confusion between the two parties and steps in. Yeah, um, sorry. I probably could have handled this a bit better. Rose, Ellis, Mara, these are, are my new friends. Um... They came from off-world, and their their ship crashed on our planet, so I th- I thought the only right thing to do was to, to help them out. Uh, um, they're a neighbor. And then Ellis, Ellis walks up, and he, uh, Ellis is the she, and he introduces himself. Oh, um, hello, it's very, very nice to meet you. Um, my name is Ellis. I'm one of the, the town guard. And then you see Mara step up as well. Hi, hi, I'm, I'm Mara. N- nice to meet you. Any any friend of Silver is a friend of ours. Nice to meet you, fellow Tengu. Yeah, you look... Huh. Keep in mind that Johnny Law is more full, like, bird. And this girl looks more humanoid, and she just has a very beak-like nose. But they are very clearly understanding that they are, you know, the, the, birds of a The feather. feathers give it away. So she's like the teacher from Jimmy yes, Neutron. Yes, like the teacher from Jimmy Neutron. It's funny sure. to think that as bird, okay. as birdie as he is, he's still only half bird. Half cop, all yeah, attitude. It's true. You are half cop, <laughs> all attitude. <laughs> you do have wigs, but also hands. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, interesting. I've never seen um one of our people with with a beak like that before. Is it? Does it get in the way? I find my beak to be very useful. Soups, other things, worms. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly soups, though, right? When Grooks is cooking. I don't know what a Grooks is, but ah, I believe Grooks you. cooks. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Then Rose steps up, and she kind of like gets Silver off of her as Silver was clinging to her, and um, she kind of scuffles his his hair and messes up his hat, and she looks over all of you, and you guys get like a better view of her to kind of describe this girl. She has she is uh thin, she's very tall. Um she has a belt on her jeans and you can see uh it is filled with uh capture spheres. Serious question danger. How old does she look? She's 24. As soon as Rose gets 
the little kid off from her. Boots steps up, bows down in front of her. Mademoiselle, enchanté. And he kisses her hand. Yeah, like, you would have to go up and physically take her hand. Um, yeah, that's what he does. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> just trump her. Trump her. Like, his weird handshake <clears throat> bullshit. She just kind of, she looks down and she says, oh, um, thank, thank you? <laughs> We're, I'm not used to a greeting as, as such. It seems a bit forward. Our planet has weird customs, you might say. I, I suppose every place is different, eh? Wait. Like I said, she has rose-colored hair, and she has a rose-shaped birthmark on her left cheek that you can all see now that you get closer. This woman is suspicious. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah? She's now suspicious because she didn't immediately enjoy your kiss and has a birthmark? <laughs> that happens, and she looks over all of you, um, and she goes, What sort of, um, what sort of help uh, do you all need from the professor? Uh, Mr. G snaps into action, and he looks up and he says, uh... Well, our ship is in horrific disarray. It's actually shattered into multiple pieces. Um, I have a list here, and he uh, gets out a list. Um, <laughs> well, wait, no, the paper makes no sense, because he has a list. <laughs> it's like a tablet that he uses. Um, fuck, I have no it. I have no idea where the list is. It's in a different Google Docs. In my, I must have left it in my other pants pocket. Yeah. <laughs> my other cargo pants sorry there's a lot of pockets sometimes it's hard to find the things i'm looking for so what we need from the professor is information on who we can consult on obtaining materials to repair our ship it's in horrific disarray it's in multiple pieces we need building materials we need advanced metals um and if you could we mostly need help moving the portions of the ship together as we repair it our our situation is dire i'm sorry to hear about um the ship and all of its its terrible terrible disarray um i will say that all of you look rather healthy for being in in such a terrible crash the professor had actually stopped and and spoke to see if i i had heard anything because he said that he saw smoke on the horizon earlier so i'm sure he's he he'll be interested to hear your your situation firsthand i will say that even if the the crash is bad you probably landed at a a pretty good spot for us to help you out the sacred beasts around here know no greater strength than most most of the races that i i'm sure you people are accustomed to where you come from on top of that we also have great magic magic users and and telekinetic powers so i, th I think we could be of great help to you all well i appreciate any help we can get absolutely silver the Professor is waiting for you, so we should all probably head out, huh? Yeah, no, that's that's a great idea. Are you are you heading to work now? Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to head to the library. Those books won't uh refile themselves. And she kinda like laughs to herself there for a second. She looks at you. Um, if you all don't mind, I, I suppose I'll I'll see you off to the professor's lab. It's it's in the same direction. Well, that would be most agreeable. And then uh, you see Rex just kind of like still looking over him himself. He doesn't seem in it. He still seems kind of out of it from when you all came to. Like he's trying to figure something out. 
he like looks up to the sky for a moment and then he notices all of you have started walking away and you see him turn and he kind of regards and he gives Ellis and Mara a handshake as they stay by the gate to guard it. Um, and he follows you behind. So now that you all are inside, um, you start walking down the street. The first thing that you see is this large, uh, building that's made out of a black dragon skull um this dragon skull has large uh horns that curve around and it forms uh hallways underneath the horns that wrap around the building it forms a u-shape into two towers and those two towers turn into the wall that guards off the city uh all of it is made of that black and gold uh similar stone material that you saw from the outside of the gate um it's very hard to not immediately put your gaze over to this because it's such a big imposing building and it's fucking dope if i don't you know yeah. if I do what does it so look myself. like it's fucking dope <laughs> <laughs> ah, dude it's fucking sick over the over the front door is where the majority of the dragon skull itself is. Everything else is made of the, out of that similar stone material, and you can actually see a two tiered mansion uh, that sticks up out from behind the skull itself. So it definitely looks like there is more to this building than just the hallways and getting up on top of the uh, the ramparts to the you know town wall and town gates. This is just the first building you see when you're now inside of town. Everybody, as you're walking through town, make me sense checks so I can give you more information. Because you're all instantly distracted by the giant building with a dragon skull on it because it's the most interesting thing. So I want to see what else sticks out to you. I failed. That's a hard fail. Well, Johnny passed because he's got fucking eagle eyes and he sees everything. I failed. I got an eight out of uh, three. Okay, rough. So yeah, you you got fucking nothing, guy. Um, so Johnny has has all of the information. Um, is eagle eyes. Those eagle eyes. <laughs> Intense eagle eyes. Uh, you get the feeling, uh, Jared, that this town, uh, it's not very populated. There's there aren't s- uh, a ton of buildings in this town. It looks like there are a couple of like single family homes, like maybe five. And then everything is built out of like four or five tall buildings that, you know, you assume to be apartment complexes based on how they look. You see a, you see another one of those big healing centers that you saw in the last town. You actually see a couple of, of stores in this town too. So it looks like there's a little bit in here for you guys to explore. What's the homeless population look like? You don't really see anyone sitting on the streets begging for money, so you think it's probably pretty good. They're probably a bunch of fucking socialists. So like what you if I could if I could guess, it, I would guess that this town is predominantly middle class and then there's this one dope ass building. Yeah, you really don't know what the dope ass building is. Um the other building that stands out to you with just kind of the, the base sense check you got and not the blackjack, you see in the back right corner of town, there's like a large black spire and you see a large like uh, circular uh, snail like fossil with spikes on it outside of the dome. Question, is this a coastal town? Um, yeah, there's actually, this actually runs right up on the ocean. It's a pretty steep drop-off, but there is a beach outside of town. And we came from the land side, obviously. Yeah. 
you all kind of make you're you're walking to the back edge of town so you all pass through an alleyway that has a couple of restaurants houses and shops in it you all see the healing center to your left um it's that big red uh boxy square building with the glass walls that you saw before in the other town uh, it looks very much the same just a bit bigger yeah, do you guys make any conversation with, with uh, Silver or Rose as you walk forward, or do you just kind of walk and observe? Uh, Silver. Yes. What? How, how can I help you, Adrian? What's going on? Do you think this uh, professor, you would uh, give us some of these uh, magical animals to protect ourselves? Well, I mean, I don't see why, why he wouldn't. I think that that's a... Uh, I think that's a pretty good possibility, especially if your your ship is in as bad of a condition as you mentioned before. You might be here a while. It only makes sense. Do any of these magical animals look like a cat? Oh, there's there's a bunch of cats. Yeah, there's like at least ten cats. Très bon. Uh, Mr. G looks up and says, uh, uh, Silver, do you think uh, you'd be able to explain how these devices work? to me as well i as much as i've tried i haven't been able to figure out exactly how this capture fear functions <laughs> well uh well mr g i'm not uh i'm not as smart as you but um i can tell you basically kind of kind of how i th- i think they work i don't know the specific science or anything but basically when you, w- when you hit these guys let me it, take silver let me take this one for you uh all right uh Mr. G, there's a button on the ball, <laughs> and uh, when you push the button, it activates. I, I believe uh, that that's exactly how it works. You push the button, and that's 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 how you that's how you use it. So I'm not gonna say you're wrong, but I'm also not gonna not gonna say you're right, Johnny. I'm like that's only that's only part of it. I don't I I don't think that he was confused by the button. It's more like if you were to use a computer. You could use a computer, but I'm more asking how to engineer that computer. Um, I appreciate your explanation, though. Just push the button. What? Like La Poulet said. But I mean, like, yeah, you do have to push the button. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying you don't do that. <laughs> you push the button, and if it doesn't work, then uh, you throw it off your desk and buy a new one. I'll be sure to ask <laughs> the professor how how the technology actually works. So no no it's it's cool I still I still got this I I wasn't gonna finish at the button thing <laughs> I wasn't even gonna mention the button I thought you got that but um, as far as I know that uh, the capture spheres are designed to turn the beasts into energy itself so they can rest and sleep inside of these things comfortably because I mean some of the beasts here are super big so being stuffed inside you know this small sphere wouldn't be comfortable i don't know the specifics of how it's done per se but there's something inside of it with those plates that turns them into energy i don't know what you're talking about i very much enjoy resting inside small spaces so you're telling me that you make them comfortable inside of the balls and then you throw them out and make them fight to the death well, I mean, not to the death. Sounds lovely. Some, <laughs> some people take things too far, but it's not proper etiquette to push the beasts that far. They are our friends and our partners, after all. Our society would collapse again if if we just, you know, used them like tools. You don't use your friends like tools? 
Is that what I do with these people? <laughs> Who are you calling friends? <laughs> oh man, Mister G. I think he's calling calling you his friends, Dennis. Oh, that's that's not true. That's inaccurate. <laughs> but yeah, no the the professor will probably know know more than I would. So as you guys are are walking and making this kind of chit chat to the other edge of town, uh, you come up onto the edge of town and you see two gates. Um, there's one gate that leads straight out the other side of town. Uh, this gate is open and you can see out the other end of town. Uh, there's also a gate directly uh, adjacent to it uh, that leads down a bridge. At this point, uh, Rose stops and she gives Silver a hug and she looks all over all of you again and she goes, oh, well, um, I, I hope that your meeting with the professor goes well, gentlemen. I, I, I do hope that we are able to help repair your, uh, your ship. Um, in the meantime, please do take care of, um, Silver for me. Make sure he doesn't get into, um, too much trouble while I'm at work. It was lovely to meet you, Rose. Miss Rose. It was lovely to meet you as well, Johnny. And she, like, gives you guys all, like, a soft bow of the head, and then she turns and she walks uh, the opposite direction. She walks towards that spire in the edge of town. Okay, so Johnny's gonna peck close to her ear and stop right before it, not awkwardly, maybe a little bit, very shortly, and say, I will call your little brother Silverhawk. Good name for him. Very strong Tengu name. And then he moves away. Uh, it's a reference to a 90s cartoon called Silverhawk. Uh, Silverhawk! Partly metal, partly real. Someone will get it somewhere. Um, Fuck you. So she kind of like, she also kind of like <laughs> leans in a little bit close to you as you're close to her and she just goes, I, is that, is that a, I don't get it. It's is a compliment, a Rose. It is? Okay. All right. Um, Term of an if you want to give him a nickname, that's totally fine. I, d- 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 no worries. Go for it. And she kind of like pats you on the back and then turns and starts to walk away. Um, she does not understand your 90s cartoon reference, unfortunately. So you guys are standing at the edge of town. Uh, you see the gate that leads out. You see the gate that leads over a bridge. And you see Rose walking the other direction towards the library. Um, you all... Uh, are standing there and silver looks over and he goes are you guys uh you guys ready to meet the professor what i'm ready silver hawk uh yeah let's do it i'd i'd love to talk to this man great uh so he turns and he starts heading down uh through the open gate that leads across this bridge um going across this bridge you see uh one man wearing um very, very plain clothes and a research uh lab coat so just a a pristine white coat um, over top of his plain ordinary clothes. Um, he is a human male with black hair, uh, very square face, kind of round features. Um, he is standing next to, uh, two large imposing what you assume to be sacred beasts. Um, they stand tall, uh, have like a bluish gray skin, um, and they have four arms and they stand about six feet, even both of them. And they stand very imposing. Um, this man walks up to silver. As soon as you guys enter that gate and he goes, silver, did you catch the beast for the professor? Oh yeah. Yeah. John, I, I super did. Oh, Great. You better you better head in there. He's uh he's getting a bit impatient. You know how the professor gets when when new beasts are afoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I super know. Um great. Well, 
see you later, John. Um, and this guard kind of just nods at all of you as you follow behind him. Um, you pass through these wooden structures that line the bridge that you're on. Uh, you see different flying uh, small little birds that are um, kind of nesting and housing in between the rungs of these Japanese-style Japanese gates. Um, and the further down the bridge you get, you can see uh, slightly in the distance um, a large two- or three-story house. It has those large... Uh, canisters on the side of the building with that magical energy that flows through them that seems to power these houses here this is a very rectangular shaped building it has very straight sides that lead straight up and it has a very rounded um rounded roof it almost looks a bit like uh a toy chest or a treasure chest in the very like basic shape of it is this bridge like suspended what are we what are we over are we over the ocean right now it is a stone bridge, and if you look over, um, you see um, rocks that lead down to a small beach, and underneath the bridge itself, you see uh, a roaring, roaring ocean. You, you see waves crashing up against the rocks and up against the uh, shoreline itself, um, and you can look out further, and you see just kind of, you see an island off in the distance, and everything else just looks to be open ocean. Oh, right on. When you all look forward, the closer you get, you also see a large juniper tree that twists and curves, and it shades the house almost entirely. It looks like a very, very large bonsai tree that seems to be growing up the side of this, like, rocky plateau that this house is on, that this bridge connects to. So, um, question. Yeah. Uh, what is a juniper? Aside from looking like a large bonsai tree... I don't actually know what a juniper tree looks like. What does that look like? I grew up on a street called Juniper, so I feel like I should know you this. You should know this. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Lance's first joke of the night. Uh, so basically juniper the juniper tree in question it has like long wiry branches um it the leaves to them are a dark green um where the sun hits them they look pretty light. It has lush branches. Um the it almost the like thistles that come off of the tree or the leaves that come off of the tree look to actually be closer to like a fir tree or like a Christmas tree a little bit um, with those kind of needles. But it, it it has many branches that twist and turns like an evergreen. Yeah, a bit. Sort of like a pine or something. OK, yeah. So once again, you have a large tree that is coming up the side of this mountain. It has twisting and turn like the trunk of it twists and turns around the rock face to grip at different you know to grip at the different rocks and plant itself in there um it has large thick limbs that lead off to smaller wiry branches and it has a very very like thick uh thick set of like leaves to it all across the tree nice Oh, looks, nice. Looks so yeah, yeah. it's super big and it completely now. like overtakes the house. So it's, it, there's always a ton of shade over top of this house. So you all walk up, you cross the bridge. You uh, are now on this like Island plateau. Almost. It's a long piece of like earth that sticks into the ocean itself. It looks like it was, um, it looks like it was cut to make a flat surface and then someone had begun to like plant and grow grass artificially on top of it 
The grass itself isn't artificial. You can all feel it and touch it, and it's real grass. It's just a, um, it, it looks like it wasn't naturally planted on that rock or grew off of that rock. Um, you then see the house on top of it. There are a couple of different fences that kind of line everything in here, so nothing just falls off of the edge of this plateau. Um, and it looks like there are a couple of different sections to the gate that lead around. It looks like there are different enclosures. You see different various researchers uh, kind of sprawling the grounds, taking notes, observing different sacred beasts, stuff like that. Um, I assume you all just walk straight in the building? Well, I... Yeah. This is a bunch Mr. Of nerds, G would want to. Mr. G would want to um, figure out what's going on with these enclosures. What kind of enclosures are they? Are they just like normal, like cages, or? So they're not even. They're not cages. It's honestly just different. Uh, different fences that hold different types of beasts in them. You see one. You see the largest one is directly out back. Um, you see a couple of different. Like they look like cows or bulls with large horns um they have like a thick black mane that uh overtakes their shoulder area and like a super thick muscular neck uh they have other than that it's like very bull and cow like it's got brown like a a caramel brown coat and the horns are white you see a bunch of these grazing and you see a couple of researchers one of them has a dog that has a like fluffy mustache um who keeps kind of hurting them around <laughs> sorry like a sheep talk sorry. yeah it's awesome like like a herdier wait so because like, that's the that's that's it. <laughs> it no no no, i didn't get that i just said like a sheep herd uh so in my mind i'm imagining like uh like jurassic park almost like the way that the the fences are Mm, I wouldn't quite say Jurassic Parky. These are definitely just like reinforced wooden fences. It looks like there are like metal bracketing to them, different like wood wood rungs. Um, but it looks like they're they're pretty sturdy. So the last thing Mr. G would want to do before he walks inside though is like take a good look at those. Um, you were talking about some sort of like some sort of system where there's like this plasma inside a container. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so you, you have seen these on every single house, uh, you have encountered, uh, they are used specifically to power houses and power the technology of this place. Basically it, uh, it has large red, uh, red metal caps on both side. It is a very tall, uh, like cylindrical tube and the magic itself, as you observe it, um, it kind of ebbs and flows inside of it like a lava lamp. And it's like a very almost clear bluish color. It's always consistently that same color. Can Mr. G just do a quick intellect check to see if he can figure out how they're harnessing this, uh, this material? Sure. All right, here we go. I'm going to roll my intellect check die. Oh, boom. Seven out of seven. Boom. So, um, it definitely seems like there's an area where these tanks are refilled. Um, so you don't think the tanks themselves necessarily the har- harness the energy. You think that these are, are refilled, but it definitely seems like someone is entering a pure state of magic, putting it inside of these things. And you see, basically, you see tubes and wires that lead inside of the house from the outside, and you assume it would power everything inside. Yeah, but how, does he have any idea what the fuel is? You, it is pure magical energy. It is it is a it is an unformed version of elemental magic, from what you can tell, and based on the unstableness to it. 
Well, uh, can Johnny Law try to identify this as well? If you want to, you can certainly I mean, try. I mean, the smartest dude in the party just blackjacked it. Yeah, like, I got, don't know so what else you're going to get from this, but if I you want to try, go for it. It would be pretty funny if Johnny got it and just didn't say anything. Oh but my god! Catboy blackjacked with a one. That's fantastic. <laughs> you get the same sort of inkling as I just gave Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Johnny doesn't get it. Yeah, no, you look at this and you're like, Johnny doesn't certainly <laughs> some clear water. <laughs> yeah, that actually is a pretty good Johnny voice. Hey, thanks. That's some clear water. <laughs> Not that they have wow, a good... Wow, that, uh, that water's really That water's effective. clear. I would that like to preen my feathers in that there bath. I would, I would love <laughs> to have I do a good bath. I, I do, do declare. declare that that energy source is quite appealing. Yeah. And then, like, Silver just looks at you guys as you're all standing on the side of the house, just kind of, I do declaring back and forth at each other, staring at this thing. And, hey, guys. Guys, come on. The, the front door's here. Thank you, Silverhawk. We should follow him. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm going to also point this out there. He has not acknowledged you 100% every time you've said Silverhawk. <laughs> it's okay. He'll he'll learn to love me. Is that, is that what we're going with? <laughs> Willie? I mean, it took me like five years, but I appreciate Jared now, so. <laughs> uh. oh, cool. Yeah, so you guys walk in, um, you see a, like, wooden floor that looks like the uh, wood to the floor has been treated, um, it's very, very shiny, it reflects the lights coming down, you see a bunch of different research tables on the first floor here, um, and a bunch of different bookshelves, um, you see a staircase that leads upstairs to a balcony where you can overlook this top floor and there are more research areas, more bookshelves, all that good stuff, um, there are also two areas up top where you can step out and observe the observatory from the front and the back. So two small balconies. There are also staircases that lead downstairs. You can't see anything because the staircases are very clearly dark. Um, in front of you, you see a man uh, with billowing cigarette smoke uh, looking over notes frantically on a desk. Uh, this man, uh, even though he has his back turned to you, you can see he has black hair that is beginning to gray. Um, and you see that he is human from this angle, or at least humanoid. Silver runs up. Professor! Professor! Uh, this man turns around and the stream of the, like, cigarette smoke that is now stinging your noses it kind of like whips around and puffs around his head he has a very very square face he looks to be a little bit pudgy but not over like overweight by any means um he has broad shoulders brown pants and a a white shirt and a white lab coat you can see the lab coat and the white shirt are a bit yellow. It looks like they are stained with cigarette smoke. The closer you get to him, the more you can smell this man and his his awful, awful cigarette smoke. I'm French, so does the cigarette smoke bother me? Nah, you might be a little bit turned on, actually. Uh, I would say that Johnny lovely. would be like very cool. Yeah, John. With this this as well. Johnny doesn't notice it because you're yeah. just used to it because this is how you smell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I think I think the professor's uh, missing that um, that hint of stale booze, though. I mean. That's true. He, Johnny does <laughs> take it to a, to another level. You are correct. He smells a bit worse. <laughs> 
Well, stale booze implies he hasn't been drinking recently, and that's never true. Yeah, his booze smells always fresh. <laughs> yeah. So the professor turns around. Silver, my boy, I've been waiting for you all day. What uh, did did you get that beast we were looking for? And Silver goes, "Yeah, professor, I did. Here, look." And he tosses up the ball, and you see the wriggling green. Uh, greenish blue massive vines form out of the green energy and then plop heavy to the ground uh it actually shakes the floor for a bit and you all are kind of knocked off balance just based on like how much heft this thing has like just how heavy it is um so and it's just kind of real thick i mean like it is a thick mass of vines dude it is <laughs> it is heavy cat boy is startled he draws his energy pistol and points it at the the tentacle monster yeah mr g also jumps back and uh and kind of just looks up from this this ball that he's been messing with this uh this capture sphere rex puts his hands out as he as he's standing in front of you he's been very quiet but he definitely seems to be more um attentive to the situation since you have walked over the bridge uh he seems to be kind of coming to more steady your weapons no need to draw those here i put the gun back <laughs> dipshits Wait, you you listened to he him? He is our captain. What fucking terrible fucking <laughs> crew are we that we wouldn't listen to our captain? Well, I didn't mean the whole crew. I meant one particular <laughs> member of the crew. Don't steal anything and also don't resort to violence. <laughs> Steals and then shoots a child. Steal and... Yeah, exactly. exactly. To be fair, I forgot he told me to do that. It is true. And you have a one intelligence. At this point, um, at this point, the professor has his back turned to you all again as you all are startled by this thing emerging. Um, Cheech is bobbing kind of like amused and he's looking at Silver and the professor and the professor is like frantically observing this thing and checking it out. <laughs> and you actually at one point see him pick up its viney arm and he like strokes his finger against one of the like finger like vines um once again cheech uh cheech uh the massive vines has like reddish fingers that like the tips of his vines are like reddish and you see the professor kind of stroke that and he like pulls off and it appears that there's like a sticky pink strand or residue on the outside of its finger and he looks at it he goes oh it must have been these berries that attracted him to this region of course he of course he couldn't resist a good snack and you see the professor kind of like pat cheech and he uh he throws a cookie at it and it excitedly grabs the cookie and begins munching it the professor gets lost in like observing kind of the uh cheech and he kind of definitely gets a little bit lost into like writing down and jotting notes on the thing um and Silver kind of, like, looks back at all of you guys, and he shrugs, and he and he then, like, pushes his hands down a couple of times towards you, just giving you the, don't worry, I got it, give me a second. Uh, uh, Professor? Oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. uh, what's, what's going on there? Silver, sorry, I got just distracted by my work there. Uh, yeah, Professor, these, um, these are my new friends, um, they got into a bad shipwreck uh up up in the mountains and they helped me they helped me secure cheech so i i brought them back here i figured the least we could do was was help them out uh they're they're really in a a bad situation oh um i 
I apologize. Sorry, I get a I get a bit excited about my work. Um, my name is is Brian Brian Bonsai. It's it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh uh, hi, my name is uh I'm Mr. G. I'm the uh, one of the engineers aboard the uh, crash ship. Hello, Professor Bonsai. My name's John Lau. Je m'appelle Adrien Gustave de Lapin Troisième. Uh, and I'm Senator Stanson. This is our captain, Rex. Good, good introductions there, boys. Um, yes, uh, I'm I'm Rex. I'm the captain of our of, of our ship. I do apologize for the intrusion into into your important work there, Professor Bonsai. But it is as Silver says. We uh we came to this universe to seek criminals and and seek justice for a crime that was done against our planet. We were sabotaged and we have crash landed here this uh this planet is a big mystery to us and any help you would be able to offer us to get us back on our feet so we can get back to our dire mission at hand would be greatly appreciated bonsai looks up at you so what um what exactly happened to all of you gentlemen we were leaving our uh our orbit from our a home planet, Mechaluna, and we were attacked as soon as we left our warp. We crash-landed on this ship, and, I mean, this happened less than 12 hours ago. I mean, came here immediately afterward, after meeting Silver. We're just looking for aid in any way, in repairing our ship, or in, in acquiring materials to repair that ship. Well, I mean, I can't, um, I can't say that we often get visitors as as yourselves uh we we actually haven't gotten visitors at this planet in in quite some time uh we had some sort of like roving band of intergalactic traders that seemed to um stop here and they tried to offer us their wares and when we said no they vaguely threatened us so um i do apologize if i if i seem a bit st- and offish. I just this is something that's very very rare for us here. Silver, you said that they were able to help you um catch Cheech as you've named him, correct? Why yes, professor. Oh, um great. Did these guys didn't try to hurt you or anything, Silver? Uh... And for a moment he like you see Silver kind of like glance back at you uh and he goes, "No." Everything was fine. They were a big help. Whew. And the professor kind of nods slowly there for a moment. All right. If if you say so. Here. I have I have a gift for you for you. Um for all your help that you've that you've done in capturing all these beasts that I've asked for silver. Go get yourself changed into this. I had it I had it custom made for you, so it should it should fit you perfectly. And this will definitely help you with your battle against Bryce this afternoon. You know he's tough, and you need all the help you can get. Go run along. Go get go get changed. Silver takes the the wrapped parcel wrapped with like a brown paper with a silver ribbon tied over it, and he runs off and he kind of um he kind of winks at you guys as as he runs away and has his back towards the professor. Everybody make me an intelligence check. That's a 12, so that's about as no as I can possibly get. What a smug little fucker. <laughs> uh, that's a blackjack. G rolled 6 out of 7, so that's a pass. Alrighty. 
That's going to be a negative from Johnny Law. So those of you who passed, and especially um, especially you, Graham Plackjacking, you don't know why Silver really even lied to protect you, but you guys guessed that in the short time you've known him, he's he's come to trust you a bit himself. Like a young um, person, okay. he's just very trusting. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like, you're all a little bit kind of surprised, because as soon as the professor's like, oh, did he harm you? All of you kind of had like a butthole clench there for a second, like <laughs> the strongest of butthole clenches. Anyway, um, the professor is kind of like looking down there for a moment, and he's kind of looking at Cheech that's standing, still bobbing next to his desk. He takes the ball and he presses it against um, Cheech, and he is absorbed back into the ball, turning back into that pure state of that bluish green energy. Did he push the button? I mean, he pushed the button. Uh, that's how it works. That's how push it works. The button. Real complicated. Just push the button. <laughs> Danger. Serious question. Yeah. If Cheech is a Tangrowth, what kind of Pokemon would Chong be? <laughs> I honestly, if I were to name a Pokemon Chong, I would name uh, I would name a Chingling Chong because it looks a bit like a bong. There that's you go. Oh that's a lot of rhyming right there. I know, right? <laughs> Yes. Chingling? Is that what you said? It's a bell with a rope attached to it. Uh, yeah. Imagine just an upside down bong. That's. Oh, that looks. Okay. Oh, I just looked it up. That looks yeah. really boring. It's certainly, a, <laughs> it's certainly a Pokemon. Silver runs off. He runs downstairs. Um, and the professor, after he puts Cheech in its capture sphere, looks up at all of you. So the professor looks up at you. Look, I don't know why Silver lied to protect you. I don't know what you did, but it seems that he trusts you. He's sharper than he lets on. If that boy trusts you, I I respect his intuition. I'm inclined to help you. So what exactly what exactly do you need from me? I got you a gift. Oh, okay. I noticed that you enjoyed smoking, so I figured that perhaps you would enjoy one of my alien cigarettes from where I come from. I mean, I'm I'm always game for a good smoke. Uh, he pulls out like a yellow pack and pulls out uh, one of his uh, one of his cigarettes, and then he kind of thinks to himself, "No, that's that's stingy." So he grabs like three of them and hands them to him. Um, thank you, Johnny. They'll burn Bye. for a long time. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. I just um, felt that it was my duty to give you <laughs> a gift. Thank you, uh, Professor, for all thanks. the knowledge that you're giving us. Uh, yeah, no, th- uh, thank you. Um, he lights up the cigarette and he smokes it. He takes a long draw and exhales. Um, and you see, like, the smoke, the, the, the gray smoke surround him for a second. Yeah, that's that's pretty smooth. So he, he kind of, like, takes that draw in and releases it, and then he looks over... So you mentioned that um, your your ship is in multiple pieces, so that would probably be a good place to start. Um, you mentioned needing materials and and needing needing metals and and so on and so forth. Correct? Uh, yes. Basically, whatever. Where do you get these capture spheres from? Where are these produced? Uh, they are. Um, Produced in a town in a different region called the uh, called Krona's Canals. Well, wherever they get their materials from, we could fully utilize this metal. We would be willing to help you in any way you need to get access to such metals. And 
if you have any sort of uh, specialized construction <laughs> uh, units, um, people that specialize in the reconstruction of uh, vehicles or ships, we could utilize their help as well. Um, well, I... Um... His his tone now returns back to normal. Like it looks like he put his guard back down when he was talking to you now, um, after getting real serious on you there for a second. Um well, um the materials that the capture spheres uh are made out of are harnessed actually from the mountains you ironically crashed into. The Mithril Mountains span a great deal across our continent here, and in the next town there is actually uh, a large set of mines. It's it's mainly what the town is known for. So I would say that we could definitely arrange something without you having having to travel all the way to a a different region. Um, and he kind of like is racking his brain for a moment, and Rex speaks up and looks over at him. Um. Professor, if I may ask, um, I saw the the large beasts that you all had on the walkway, those large four-armed, four-armed beasts. If we could have either physical help or, as Silver's sister Rose mentioned to us, telekinetic help, I think that would be a, a good place for us to start as well. Although we are physically capable i don't know if our entire group would be able to pull a ship to be completely honest with you and you see professor bonsai look back over uh and he kind of starts nodding all of these things can be done for you it will unfortunately take some time it would take us it would take us the better portion of the day to round up a good amount of um of telekinetic beasts to help unearth the ship um, to get it out of the mountain, um, as well as uh, as people to help you get everything going. The the order itself to get sheets of metal and uh, would also take a couple of days. I hope that you aren't um, in that big of a rush, but uh, we we can work as as quick as we can for you all. Professor, yes. If we are going to be here for a while, perhaps we could uh, get some of these magic beasts ourselves for protection. That definitely doesn't seem like a terrible plan, Adrian. The the wilds of this of this world are a harsh place, especially without some added protection. I will say that you all do look physically capable, but I do not mind aiding. At this moment, Silver runs back up, and you see Silver has now changed into what looks like... It looks like molded leather armor specifically made for him. He's got, like, a leather breastplate. He's got small, like, uh, fold... Like, there are strips of leather folded off of the main part that form, like, small little pauldrons. Um, Like, full-on fantasy getup? Um, it definitely... It's definitely not full fantasy. It definitely looks to be, like, it's it's probably closer to, like... It's more stylized fantasy. Uh, practical adventure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely okay. looks to give him more armor than the normal clothes that he was wearing earlier. Basically, of going on an adventure. Suit. Yeah, basically, the main part of it is like a knitted, uh, like a knitted blue sweater, and it looks like the okay. bits of leather that are reinforced with like metal on the ends of it are like knit into the sweater itself. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, you got a snappy new getup. Yeah, this sweater is pretty cool, right? 
Très bon. Yeah. Um, is it cool? Uh, Can I roll to see if it's cool? I or, mean, like, it's not the coolest yeah. thing you've ever seen, but it's pretty fucking cool. All right, I could probably lie through that. Really. Yeah, like easily. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks awesome. It's like the Christmas sweater that was supposed to be an ugly Christmas sweater, but you're like, that's actually a pretty sweet Christmas sweater. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah. I can get behind There's that. There's like a thousand pentagrams on it. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's cool, not edgy. <laughs> um, so the, the professor um, is kind of looking, looking over all of you, and he goes... Um, is this everyone for uh, for your crew? I believe so. Uh, no, we still have a few back at the ship. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, my friend Kenny Doggins, my very best friend, is back at the ship. And the one who cooks. And Grooks, who Wait, cooks. Wait, Grooks is at the, Grooks Grooks is is back at the, the ship, ship right? Yeah. Yes, okay. he is. Yeah, like, I'd say half of your, I'm pretty sure half of your um, crew is back to try to remember here, but I believe there are other ones as well. Um, you, you don't know who's in your crew your own crew the professor speaks up and says toward to, to you johnny as you say that we are we're all we've been on the crew for about as long as it took to crash we're very new no i am pretty new but i'm you know there was nora i believe she she's back at the ship uh rebecca uh as well the only one i remember who's not here was uh the cook Alvis, Alvis, and Brooks. I believe those are all of them. Can the senator please take this one? I already tried, and he kept talking over me, so (laughs) I'm out. Fuck you, I tried. (laughs) Okay, so I guess you you must know the the members of your ship. Those names do mean nothing to me um, at this moment. Um, (laughs) Forgive him, it's been a rough day. I mean, I I understand. You you all have been through a lot. I, I, I don't mean to poke fun at your situation by any means it just seemed a bit odd a flask falls out of his pocket and onto the ground oh i guess that (laughs) makes more sense um (laughs) like just without skipping a beat he's he sees the metal ting off the ground it's like oh okay um and he he looks um he kind of looks over for a moment i am able to get these things in in order for you all um but i i would recommend potentially getting the members of your crew and staying in town for the evening. If you all would prefer to stay out in the ship and near your stuff to guard it, that is perfectly fine. I understand uh, if you would prefer to do that. I I only say that we have accommodations here that might be more comfortable than a camping trip. We could probably mix it up, right, Captain? This town looks kind of cool. Well, I mean, I certainly don't see why not, Dennis. It would probably be better than us camping out under the starlight. Who knows? We might be attacked by some of these beasts in the middle of the night anyway, if if we choose that option. So yeah, yeah I, I think that would be a smart move is to gather the crew and stay in town for the evening. You all begin discussing plans, and then the professor snaps his finger. Right, you had also mentioned um, beasts, correct? Uh, uh, loaning out, uh, I could loan you all some beasts for prote- added protection while you're here as well. Well, if you have any that look like a cat, I would very much like that one. I'm sure I do. Off the top of my head, I, I am not 100% sure on what I have uh, stocked. Does he know what a cat is? He Like, is that a thing that just exists? Um, Like, he, he isn't 100% sure. He says it with a bit of uncertainty. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the concept of that uh, excites Johnny Law, uh, though he doesn't show it. 
He clearly has very few friends, maybe one. Uh, Kenny Doggins <laughs> certainly, and at least he's one. not here. There's uh, definitely so at least how he's not trying to play his cards of excitement, but which he clearly feels. So you guys are you guys are all talking to the professor about um and basically getting added help and protection for while you all are here. Um, he starts looking over um and he goes, "Give me a moment. I'll I'll, I'll open up my my." private private storeroom we could we could go down there and we could pick out some some wonderful beasts um you see him go behind his desk and he seems to like flip a switch and his desk actually like slides forward on the ground and he ushers you all behind the desk you see a small stair or a a staircase has now been revealed that leads down to a a floor as you all are observing this staircase someone comes running in through the front door he he comes running up and he slams his hand on the desk and all of you are brought to attention and you are now staring at jack the guard you see he is covered in snow uh-huh. Up until this point, the day has actually been kind of nice, albeit a bit chilly. He he looks over like frantic. Sir, there are there there there's a roaming band of ice type beasts that are that are spreading a blizzard across the city. We need some help. Bryce is already on the scene, but he requested you for backup. Oh, um ah Bryce needs this old dog's help once again, eh? What's what sort of, of beasts? Um, Professor, to be honest with you, we we can't tell with how how bad the storm is. We we really don't know. We can only kind of make out some shapes. Uh, all right. Well, um, let let's go. He starts like walking out from behind the desk, and after a a moment, he realizes that he was forgetting something, and he looks down at all of you, and he looks at Silver. Well, if you all go down there, I have. A private store. The beasts in that storeroom have all been abandoned by trainers at one time or another. Whether it be oh, due to no. death, due to due to something like that. I'm. It, it's different for every case. You said due to. <laughs> uh, no, the Charmander <laughs> oh <my> episode. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go down there and and. Let your heart be your guide. I'm sure that you will find yourselves a, a wonderful partner. After you pick your partner, come meet us in the middle of town. Um, I suppose we could we could potentially use your your help to stop this. I'm afraid uh, I don't have... Professor, important question. What? Yes? Important question, Professor. Yes. What the hell does that mean? Um, I'm sure you'll figure it out. I don't really have literally time. literally just go with our gut? Yeah, no, like, that's, you just that's, to grab that's kind okay. of exactly what I mean. Yep. You're holding me up in a crisis. I really need to go. It sounds like you have to let your heart decide. <laughs> Mr. G is already down the stairs. He's He's gone. He's down the stairs. Rex has followed suit as well, given the fact that there is a clear crisis here. Uh, yeah. And he's, time is of the essence. Silver is also know. down here as well. Uh, for I've been in snow before. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Vermonter. Right. <laughs> I'm not. For, I'm not some pussy from Florida. <laughs> I can handle a little cold. Can handle bath salts, but not the cold. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who have not gone downstairs yet, uh, see the professor run out the front door with Jack. Those of you downstairs, you go downstairs and you see a a kind of small room. It definitely looks uh-huh. like there are um 
there's a desk with a bunch of scattered notes on it uh, with a cork board uh, with different things pinned and kind of like lined out. Um, you see a bed that is very, very messy um, and a couple of packs of cigarettes, either empty, half full or unopened on the side table. Um, Are they all the same kind of cigarette? Does he have like a brand that he smokes? Yes, of course. Every smoker has a brand. Yeah. Well, he's a professor. He might not have been. He might be more into trying a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know. Um, You just see a small, little, adorable candle with a blue flame on the box. Um, uh-huh. And it, it, like I said, it looks like a candle with a face on it. <clears throat> but like the name means nothing to you. Candle Brandle. Mm-hmm. All of you are in this room. You see um, there's a small door uh, and silver uh, opens it up. You all walk into this this octagonal room. It's very, very small. It barely fits all of you in it at once. Um, there are angled shelves that have holes cut into them, and they are holding... It is full of capture spheres. Uh, everybody Sweet. make me a willpower check as you reach out and grab a, uh, a capture sphere. Hey, I switched dice because I kept failing, and I blackjacked on the first one. It's a four out of four. I failed. I failed as well. It's a nine out of two. Nine out of two. Who else failed? Sorry. Uh, Johnny uh, also failed. failed. Okay. <laughs> okay. You all grab a ball and Silver get, Silver just looks at you and he goes, all right, guys. Yeah, no, co- uh, come on. We got to go. Wait, Mr. G asks, uh, so there's so there's no way to tell what's in these? Like, can we can we not pick what we want? I mean, you could release it in here if, if you want. But that might button. not be the best use of uh, that, our That time. seems like a bad play. So, so the professor has no way of labeling any of these any of these spheres. He just has them here. I mean, he's he has his own system of organization. I, I really don't know what to tell you. This is not the time. All right. So, so G G puts his back and grabs another one. Okay, make me another will check. <laughs> I open mine. <laughs> oh, he just blackjacked two out of two. Okay. So you, uh, Mike, you grab another one. Right on. <laughs> you release yours, Dylan. Yes, I do. Are you in the small room, or are you in, um, or are you in the like bedroom area? I whatever room I found the ball in. That's where I open it. Cool. All right. So you release this massive energy that begins to crowd the space and does not fit inside of this room. I put what it back the in the ball. Now <laughs> it starts <laughs> the as this thing starts to form. You see the head of a dragon start to form. Put it back in the ball. Push the button. Roars. Push the button. Push the button. You push the button before it fully forms and <laughs> yes. let it back in. Okay. Then the rules. Push the button. You you put it back in before it's able to fully form as the walls begin to start cracking under the size of this thing. I'll try a different uh, ball. You put it back. Okay. Make me another will check. Oh, pass. One out of two. All righty. Jared, do you put do another ball as everyone else did? Oh, Johnny's going to stick to the one he grabbed. Okay, sure thing. He's, uh, you know, he's never had good luck, ever. But he feels, <laughs> he feels like maybe this is the time. <laughs> this is my day. I'm going to... I do declare. I do declare. This is the ball that's going to change it all. Silver is standing on the staircase. No, seriously, I really don't think you guys understand emergencies. All right, let's let's go. We need we need to go immediately. Oh yeah, you would say that now. 
Maybe we really don't understand emergencies. <laughs> we don't understand emergencies. Are at you all. like? Do you follow? Uh, yeah. So you all run up the stairs and you run out the front door as you all grab capture spheres, um, and you run out and you see a large scale, like heavy winds, snow blasting everywhere, like ridiculous amounts of snow. You would not have guessed at any point today that this would have been the weather that you're currently expecting even though you have never been here before just based on the look in the sky the general temperature this is fucking weird everybody uh it's it's danger here i just wanted to talk to you all a little bit so this episode was a little bit of a, a, a of a mis- mishmash so to speak um we ended up losing audio about like 20 minutes in we just lost the entire rest of the episode so if things may seem a bit out of place that may be why um we are very, very new to podcasting and broadcasting. All of us are picking this up on our own dime, and we're learning as we go. Um, if you have any feedback, tips, or tricks for us, uh, reach out to us on our Twitter, on the Warp Lords Twitter, and and give us a shout-out. Um, let us know what you're thinking of the, the Fractured World so far, the first world that our players have encountered. And, more specifically, who's your favorite Pokemon? I'm... I'm a big fan of Rayquaza myself, um, but hey, give us a shout out. Talk to us. We we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you all think of the content that we're producing so far. Any questions about the game? Please reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts. Um, and hey, thank you for listening this week. And until next time, once again, I am Danger, your delightful DM. Have a great week and make good choices. Good choices.